Have you ever wondered how successful architecture, engineering, and construction companies scale their business? Or have you ever wanted guidance on how to get more growth, wealth, and freedom from your AEC company? Well, then you're in luck. Hi, I'm Will Forat. And I'm Justin Nagel, and we're your podcast hosts. We interview successful AEC business leaders to learn how they use people, process, and technology to scale their businesses. So sit back and get ready to learn from the industry's best. This is Building Scale. All righty, righty, righty. Your two favorite spot migration Building Scale hosts are here to blow your mind. That's what I'm going to say today. This concept uh, we're going to talk about today is operational compared to technical truths. And it is something that we kind of, we stumbled on. We, we actually stumbled on this uh, you know, a couple months ago. Is that, is that right, Will? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple months ago. Uh, and it was totally purely by accident. But when we looked back, we had a lot of different examples of this. It's just we couldn't put a name to it. And I think we finally figured it out. Yes. No, I totally agree. We went we went back and forth on in this question, which may uh, turn into a LinkedIn poll, was can two people be saying different things and yet true, but yet feel somebody's lying? Like this is essentially where it gets into this weird kind of vibe, but operational versus technical truths. Will, how would you describe operational compared to technical truths? So operational truths is sort of like if you were to really compare two types of people, it's like technical people versus people in operations or, or executives, okay? Technical truths are, yeah, under a certain circumstance, this is correct, or I can answer your question in a, in a correct manner, but operationally speaking, you're not actually getting the right answer or you're not actually doing what the underlying message was from, from the operation side. So meaning um, it's a loophole, right? So the technical truth is sort of like saying is like a loophole, right? You're answering, uh, you're answering truthfully, but operational truths is like the intention of what the actual answer, you know, what the type of answer that that person is looking for isn't necessarily, they don't want the technical truth, they want the reality, right? So this is like the big picture thinking versus very, very, well, there's an exception. So if there's an exception, it technically still works, right? That's the difference yes. between technical versus operational truth. It actually, it makes me think of um, two things. One, it makes me think of like lawyers and, and, and this is certainly not a lawyer show. So we're, you know, we don't want to get sued by any means, but we're not lawyer people per se. Uh, but I think of like, oh, well, in technicality, this person is not not going to jail or not being arrested or not whatever because of a technicality. But the intention of that individual was to break the law. So like, you know, but that's just society. We've said, well, there are rules and in a technical sense, no, but your intention well, were you doing something wrong? Yes, you were doing something wrong, but technically I'm, I'm not in trouble kind of a thing. Made me think of that a little bit as you were saying that. Intention, very interesting uh, word, right? Because an operations person or a business leader is looking for uh, a different intention. Maybe, maybe they're asking a question that they think is the right question to ask, right? And we're going to talk more about this of 
Well, maybe it's how you phrase a question or what the question is specifically pointing towards that kind of makes that difference. But of these operational and technical truths, like why, why does this happen? Why do we find ourselves as in if I ask a technical person uh, for an answer that I operationally am thinking uh, for an operational answer, why am I getting a technical answer? So there's a little bit of psychology and uh, intention is, I think, what is miscommunicated the most. So when someone in operations is asking a question, let's say, you know, are we backing up you know, our data, you know, are, are, are we backed up? There we go, right? Are, mm-hmm. are we backed up? Are we safe with our backups? The technical answer would be yes, we're doing backups, right? And, but the intention of, you know, the person in operations or the kind of high level non-technical person, what they're really asking is, can we re- recover in a very short amount of time or without any little or any data loss? Okay, so you have to like, there's a whole bunch of like precursors there. Okay. And the technical truth is, well, yes, we are, but it's probably not going to look like the way you think it is. But the, but the technical person isn't necessarily thinking about it that way. Okay. So if they're going to be direct, they'll say yes. But then if you want, but then there's a whole bunch of caveats. And the reason why there's caveats, so Again, if you're talking to someone that's internal, like let's say internal IT staff or outsourced IT staff, as much as they are going to be looking at your company and, you know, I want to fight for my company. So uh, there's that truth. Okay. There's the truth of the outsourced IT company. And then there's the truth of something in between the, the consultant, right? So if you look at the motivation of them, and then you look at the answer, it can actually change in all three instances, even though nothing has changed in that company's environment. So I'm going to step you through all three of them because it's really interesting because we, we stumbled upon this totally by accident. Okay. So internal, let's say, let's say internal guys saying, yeah, we backed up. Yeah, we're, we're backing up. Okay. Well, the problem is that he's thinking about it from the perspective of, well, if our hardware fails, we have no problem. We're going to be we're going to be back up and running because we're mirroring our stuff, right? So, so the operator doesn't necessarily know the type of backup or how they're going to come back up. So he's think so he's thinking, oh well, we had a power outage the other day. So or you know if something something happens physically to our equipment, yes, uh, we've got a backup. We can we can get back up and running. They weren't thinking about, let's say, the cybersecurity aspect of if we get ransomware, the ransomware is going to be all over, including in our backups, right? So they weren't thinking about it. The difference between, I love, I wasn't the one who made this up, but I, but I heard it somewhere. The difference between a salesperson and an IT guy is that at least the sales guy knows he's lying. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, and, and it's true. And the reason why this happens is because IT is so invisible. Yes, you have a screen. Yes, you, there's stuff that you can do inside of there. But there's invisible pieces of thread. You change one thing and it affects 50 other things. And only the highest level of people actually understand 
all those different connections, okay? And the bigger problem is that uh, if, you, if it wasn't built from scratch, if it wasn't built from the ground up by that particular person, then it might be done in a different way. Ask, if you ask, if you pull eight, nine, if you pull eight engineers into a room, ask them a question, they're going to give you nine different answers. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've seen so, that firsthand. <laughs> right. How do you screw in a light bulb? You're going to get a whole bunch of different answers from every single engineer, right? <laughs> it's, it's the age old joke. And it doesn't matter if it's an IT engineer, just any type of, any type of person with an engineering mind, okay, whether it's IT or technical, et cetera the thought process is a little bit different. There's logic behind it, okay, but uh, they're not considering intent, okay? I, I think that that, again, and back to intent, because, you know, construction, you know, construction company ABC, you know, we're, we're trying to make sure that we don't have downtime and I might, I, I can get invoices done. I can send out bills. I can, I can, uh, you know, do look at my punch list that have been updated. I can do all these things. I can clock my time. My guys can clock their time, all these things that happen. Right. So when we think of like, oh, well, you know, are we secure? Or are we, we have a backup Do we have a resource that's going to to help us no matter how I ask that question as the construction company, you know, as, as the, the leader, the more operationally minded person, I'm asking like, how is this affecting business? Like, that's what I'm asking, not the technicality that, yeah, there's a backup somewhere. It, your data exists in some form somewhere um, that, you know, we won't be able to get the, the server back up for a week, but yeah, it exists. And it's like, wait, Stop. Like, that's the thing that I want to know, not the, the fact that that data exists somewhere. That, that's nonsense. Like, that, that, that means nothing to me. 100%. And what's even worse is that we take that same scenario, okay? Are, you, are we doing backups? Okay? Let's say you ask the outsourced IT company, are we doing backups? Okay, there's a little bit more liability there. So, yes, you're doing backups. But is someone getting paid to manage it and look at it and actually test test it? Garbage in, garbage out, right? So if the worst time to test your backups is when you actually need them, okay? So if you're backing up, so operational truth or the operational truth you're looking for is, hey, can we continue doing business? And in what time frame, if we go down, how long will it take us to essentially get back up and be at a normal pace of business without any of the previous crap that, that came from, from that downtime, right? It's more what you're looking for. Well, the IT guy or in this, uh, on the, uh, let's say, outsource side, they're going to go, well, yeah, we're backing up. We, we set up the software, right? And, and, and we don't see any errors. There's no alerting. So therefore, it's working, okay? So why is it two months later that when you actually needed the backup, it failed? right? It wasn't the fault. And so the IT company is going, hey, and this wasn't even us, okay? I'm just, I'm just going to put this out there. Just, we heard about this. Hey, we're, do, we're doing backups. Uh, we did backups, but when we tried restoring, it was garbage data. Therefore, all we're restoring is garbage, right? So the intent right? Behind, uh, behind it. Are we backing up? Yes, we're backing up, but we couldn't continue doing business, right? So 
is the onus on the person that's asking the question, uh, didn't ask the right question, which is can we, how long is it gonna be before we can continue doing business as, as usual? Maybe that's a better question, but you don't know because you haven't lived through it. So, so the intent of the question is a little bit different. There's a lot of caveats. The thing that people don't understand about, about IT for non-technical people is that it changes every single day. And what was true yesterday might not be true today. And it may be different yet tomorrow. And we don't know it yet. Why? Because IT people are not programmers. And so they're beholden to whatever happens in the software and the updates. We don't, so IT people do not look at all the updates in the world and go, well, how did this change everything else? I'm sorry, that's information overload. That's why we have, that's why IT people have a process around troubleshooting rather than knowing the answer. It's knowing the process of how to get to the answer. That's the different, that's what a good IT person does. Okay. So, and then you have the consultant. Okay. And you ask them, are we backing up? Well, if he's doing an audit, he or she might find, oh, you are doing backups and it's been running well all this time. The problem is that depending on your situation, you may not be able to actually restore your backups because even though it was good data and even though it was, it was backing up, it's going to take you two days to restore because there's a part of this that you didn't know about. Your data is backed up, but there's three other big steps that have to happen before we restore your backup. Install the operating system, install the applications, find your, well, if it's really old, your CDs, DVDs to install or find, you know, whatever support it is to go install that application. And if there's any changes or modifications, change those things too. Hopefully it's documented. And then finally restore your data after all that's done and pray that, that it'll work like it did before because 95% of the time it doesn't. There's always something different, right? Your data's there. You asked, are we backing up? Yes, we're backing up data. We got to totally restore your data, no problem. It's not what you asked for, right? Weird. Yeah. Uh, one of the other examples that we, we saw of this is backup internet. So most companies at this point are using the internet for uh, either a line of business applications you, you need to run your business or just in generality, you need the internet, right? You need the internet. So backup internet line makes tons of sense for a company to do, not just construction, engineering, architecture firms, but like every business, right? Like that's just a commonality. But when we think of failover internet, if I asked, you know, if our internet goes down, can we still use the internet? And of course, the technical answer is yes, right? So technical answer is yes, yet when it actually happened, your, the email server that you have on site or the applications that you have on site that you're still hosting on site because yet haven't gone on cloud for whatever reason, isn't working all of a sudden. This is technical versus operational truth, right? You asked about the internet, you got the internet answer, okay? But you didn't think, didn't really, the IT guy is trying to give you the truth as close to the technical thing that you're asking for, and that's what you're getting, right? Whereas you're asking about, well, can our business continue if the internet line goes down, right? And that's a much bigger, much broader question. 
And so that might bring out a whole bunch of, well, here's the exceptions. Now I know what you're thinking. I hate it when my IT guy, every time that I talk to him, I don't understand what he's saying. And anytime that he emails me, it's 25 paragraphs. I don't have the time to read through all that. And I don't really understand half of what he's saying. I believe what he's saying. I just don't actually understand it, right? So you revert back to the answer that you got yesterday when you asked him or two days ago when you asked him. He said, yeah, okay, I think everything's going to be fine. You find out later on and then you go, why didn't you do this? I thought we talked about this, right? This is the problem with operational versus technical truths. It's just another version of that is that the intention of what, of what someone is looking for in terms of their business versus how the technical person is answering. Yeah, so, so a better, in this particular scenario, a better question, which actually leads us to another uh, concept of operational compared to technical truth is, uh, the question you could give is more is, uh, are my people or our employees going to be affected if an internet outage happens? Like that becomes more specific to what you're actually looking for because you're asking about effect. What is the effect that happens? Not necessarily is it yes, no, it's more what happens if the internet goes down? Will my people be affected? Right. And that will definitely help hone in, right? There's less, uh, you're either going to get from the, you're, you're going to have one of two paths that's going to happen from the IT guy. Either he's going to give you all the technical little loopholes that can happen, right? And if you don't know how to interpret it, you probably need to help that, that person, you know, that IT guy actually communicate with you in a way that you understand, in a language that you understand, okay? If you can't get on that same language, what's gonna happen is your understanding and their understanding of what was communicated is gonna be different, even though you both were telling the truth. So when someone, so when someone higher up even asks, hey, I thought we took care of this. I, uh, I asked you to take care of this. Why didn't you take care of this, right? And the manager's going, we, I did take care of this. I talked to the IT guy and he said that it was taken care of. And the IT guy is gonna go, I, I said, yes, you were asking me about this. You didn't ask me about all these other things, right? So there's a very careful set of phrases that IT guys and IT people really will start learning over time, okay? And it's, it should work. It may work. It usually works, right? Giving themselves an out for that whatever small percentage of time that it doesn't work. Because the first time, it seems to always not work. Maybe even the second time, it doesn't quite work the way, it's, the way you intended it to, okay? And this happens, this is very typical because IT is actually extraordinarily logical, but it's not logical for people that are just working with people. Computers are made in such a strong logical way that it sometimes doesn't make sense for people, but it does if you understand even a little bit of the technicalities. So how do you communicate that? The intention usually runs around how safe you are, right? Or how can I continue doing business? 
if you're doing, if the intention is to fill out a, you know, insurance form, okay, pay attention to when that IT guy, if you're asking questions and the IT goes, well, I don't know if that's entirely true, pay attention because there's probably a hole that's probably bigger than you think or realize it is. You're trying to check a box and the IT guy is telling you, well, that's not entirely true. And what that really means is if that IT guy is saying, well, that's not entirely true. Well, I thought we had this. Yeah. If he's doing that and kind of stuttering while saying that, pay real close attention. What that means is that when the when the insurance company comes in because something blew up and you're trying to call the insurance company to go uh, to call on that insurance company and pay out, they're going to investigate that that IT guy, right? They're going to ask him, and they're going to see he's going to answer the same way. Well, and if that their hesitation is there, you're done. There's going to be no payout of the insurance uh, that you were paying so much for. I've I've seen this firsthand. Like I've seen this so so many times firsthand. Um, in the should or it it mostly works or can work or you know that kind of phrasing reminds me of uh, Pat Pat Whalen from. Pasker, where he said, mm -hmm. he says, yeah, you know, like technology, you know, we give it, we get, if it works 85% of the time, that's, that's pretty good. We get, we give it this massive like thing, but when it comes to uh, certainly security components, that's not, that's very bad. That's a big, big old hole. So how can a, a leader, an operator, how can they help their technical person, uh, you know, speak the same language. Well, how can they get them to a place where they're going to be, you know, thinking about things the same way, right? You know, that's, you know, as leaders, we always want to say, okay, how do I get you to think this way? Because if you think this way, you'll make decisions closer to how I'd make a decision. And that's always good for the business. So how, how do you, how do you help them get there? Well, so there's a couple things. First, it's a, it's creating trust. So the problem here is that every time you ask a, ask a question, uh, to the IT guy, and you're asking, are things backed up, right? Or are we secure? I guarantee you just about every single IT guy's spidey sense is going off. Is my job or am I, am I going to get fired or am I under scrutiny? Did I do something that I should not have done, et cetera? This is going through their head. I promise you that this, this is exactly what's going through their head. They're going... Why is he asking? The only time management ever asks of these type of questions usually leads to some sort of trouble, right? And it's, it's, it's terrible, right? It, it's a thankless job. And so it, you're asking, sometimes the, the question, right? Even as innocent as it might be, you're asking a question because you're trying to budget for something. And you're, ask, you're asking that question and the IT guy is not thinking at all, right, about the financial portion, a portion of this uh, and budgeting. He's going, oh, shit, am I getting replaced or is my job, uh, is someone encroaching on my job, right? So very, very, very shell protective. So he's going to answer in a way that gives him an out, right, because of how much stuff, how many little details are put on him. And 
it'll be in a way that will allow him to defend uh, should you ask about it in the future, it'll allow him to defend, defend that position. So, and it's a culture of, so culture of fear magnifies this like a thousandfold. So if you rule, rule or lead by fear, this is even worse. This is like the worst thing you can do for an IT guy. The IT person maybe wants to save you money, right? But he's not thinking, he's not thinking about his own time. Okay, so you're going, hey, how much does the backup cost? And he's going, or how much does the cybersecurity cost? That's a better way. How much, how much are we paying for cybersecurity? And the IT guy's going, oh crap, they're gonna cut more to the cybersecurity. How are we going to keep this place safe? All right, maybe I can uh, maybe I can cut a few dollars there. I'm gonna go research for like 80 hours and see what I can find. That cost of 80 hours is not considered of his time at all. So he's looking to save you a buck when the reality is, had he made a faster decision, right? This versus this, eh, it's a few percentage points. Let's just keep the old thing and not try to not try to rock the boat, right? Then he could have been doing something else for those 75 hours, okay? Just ask, I promise you, every time, you want something, ask him if he needs to research it. If he says yes, or if he tells you, I need to research this. After he's done researching, how long, how long did you did it take you to research this? I think you'll be surprised by the answer. So probably need the what? time box. How long? Once you start, once you start hearing the answers, you're gonna be like, holy cow, right? And for the people that think that time is free because you're paying them a salary, think again. Because what else could they have been doing instead of those 80 hours of research? I promise you those numbers are extraordinarily high. And then compare their salary and what you're paying them, opportunity cost, to uh, what the savings was and whatever they were looking at. Was it actually worth it? What in that, so in an example of cyber, say uh, you're trying to save $1,000, right? So you're just trying to save $1,000, but this person, takes 80 hours, 80 hours of time, save you a thousand dollars, like the two weeks of time, unless, and I, I did the quick math here, unless you're paying this person under $12 an hour, uh, this one, it just completely does not work. It, you, there's no possibility for money, but even at that price point, you also lose all of that time that you would have had them doing all the other things they could possibly be doing. Like it's, it, it is, it's like a double negative. It's like a double whammy um, across the board. And I, I find it always super interesting with the IT guy with the research, especially when they're trying to implement something because unless you've, and we know this all too well, unless you've implemented something multiple times, it's, it's hard to get right. Like it's hard to get really right. Like it, uh, technology uh, it's like building a house. Like if I, I've never built a house before. So could you imagine the house that I built the first time, what that would look like? Or even uh, even laid cement, right? Like the first time, if I laid cement, the first time 
it would be horrible. It would be awful. It would not, it would probably certainly not be level. It's, I mean, everything about it would just be bad. So it's the same concept for IT. Like if they've not implemented this 10, 12, 15 times, like it's of course, it's not going to come out the right way. And then it's going to be longer of their time. So that's even more money. So you just keep, it's just like this vicious cycle of like losing money in the soft cost approach, you know, uh, that's a good point to the finance conversation, right? Like um, technical people look at, hey, I'll, let me save a buck because my salary means nothing. But like an operator like or a CFO or a COO, like they think like, where, where are the efficiencies? How can I get it efficiently done? So yeah, maybe I have to throw $1,000 out there, but it's going to be done in, you know, three days and it's going to be done right in three days in comparison to two weeks of research another two weeks of trying to implement this thing. Now I've lost a whole month of time when I needed this implemented, you know, three weeks ago. Um, in addition to there'll be tons and tons of troubleshooting afterwards to just kind of clean up what uh, was put together. So Here's it's this continuous cost continuously. Yeah. So here's the other, uh, here's the other issue. Okay. Depending on the type of company that's out there, the IT functionality used to be considered administrative, which would fall under the CFO essentially branch. Okay. It fell under finance. Okay. And so finance is all about cost control. Whereas newer companies and moderate modern age thinking type of companies, IT falls under the COO, right? Under operations because IT is an, uh, is an efficiency uh, enhancer. It's a productivity enhancer. So the IT person, when you're asking these type of questions, right, they need to they need training on finance and operations uh, at a higher level. They need because otherwise, if you ask them, you're going to only get technical answers, and that's not going to allow you to be able to make a decision on that truth. Okay, so what you're asking, what they're asking, if you want to be on the same page, they need to go through this type of training. Okay, or uh, or they need to have someone that's managing that can translate what they're talking about. Okay, they're having someone. We saw this uh, where they don't understand when to delegate. IT people do not understand when to delegate, uh, and they take it as a hit to their ego when uh, when they don't know something. Okay, and the reason why they don't say, I don't know, is because of the pressure that they're feeling from you or from essentially anyone else that's been asking them questions. Well, why don't you know? The assumption is, well, IT guys should know everything. Oh my God, that is so wrong. That's, that's, a, diff <laughs> that's a different. <laughs> IT and technology has gotten so expansive, there is no such thing as an IT generalist. It's a myth. I'll talk about that in a different episode because that is... That is, its own, that is its own thing right there. Yeah, so, for sure. So if, if you want to have, you want to be in a place where you can actually communicate and get the answers that you're really looking for, A, the IT guy needs training that's non-technical training, okay? So some of it's managerial level, right? Because of the way the communication happens, okay? And if they've never gone through that, all they've had is technical and IT training, then they're never. Then the only way that they can communicate and answer you is in a technical fashion. Maybe we saw, totally saw this. We don't see where a, uh, an IT guy starts actually understanding on their own 
like through just organically on their own, but they can't take on everything and all the responsibilities. We saw this with a, a global 300, 350 person company with a, I think it was a six or seven person IT team. And the top tier guy that was supposed to be managing was still taking on a lot of the day to day. And he did not, under, only then when he was so overwhelmed that he start realizing that he can't do everything. So imagine if you're a company that's smaller than that, right? And a top tier guy that's supposed to be a manager, not actually managing. All he's doing is just doing a higher level technical work, but he's not actually managing, okay? Meaning he's not delegating or elevating responsibilities appropriately, okay? So the, the team aspect doesn't actually happen unless they've gone through a management program, management or some sort of management uh, route, training, something, or an organization that helps with that. How much does your organization train their IT people from a non-technical perspective, let alone a technical perspective, right? These are, and then, and then you're asking, well, why did, why did it go this way? Processes are hard, okay? They're hard to implement. They're even harder and harder still to think of and, and make sure that they're followed appropriately. IT is all about process. So when, when these questions are being asked, help the guy, help whoever it is out by asking what your intention is. I wanna know these, the exact details of the server. I wanna know the exact details of what these workstations, uh, workstations are. Well, what's your intention? Is it your intention to try to compare, you know, and see if you can find a cheaper price? Or is it, well, we've had previous experience and we want to make sure that we're, you know, difference of price isn't what we're looking at. We're looking at a difference of, can we still do this? Can we still operate effectively? I'd like to spend more if I'd rather spend a little bit more so that the time isn't wasted on the back end, right? Or maybe it's something based off insurance. I'm trying to fill this insurance questionnaire out, right? And I want to lower my insurance, right? That's my intent. Not that I'm filling it out, but I want to lower my insurance, uh, my insurance rates. Okay. What do we need to do to do that? Okay. So it's a little bit different thinking. And sometimes you have to ask the question in a few different ways. And on top of it, from a fear perspective, remember, I talked about how the IT guy is very fearful in in any questioning anything that he or she does. If you haven't gone down this route or you have, you know, everyone else around you, it's kind of through fear, okay? You need to be aware of how, what your leadership style is. But if you're leading or managing through fear, how are you gonna get a truthful answer from that IT guy? That's not going to be where I'm saving my own job, I'm saving my own ass, okay? I'm gonna throw everyone else under the bus. That's that's the people part, right? That's, yep. that's the people part. When we talk about scaling, obviously, get, culture plays a role even in how people answer your questions uh, when it comes to just their employees. So, all right. Well, what? I want to talk to. Oh no! I want to say one more thing to the IT guys that are listening. Okay, because I've seen this, and the problem is that it doesn't actually help. Okay, ROI, return on investment. Okay, it's an overused acronym. It's an overused word 
and they feel like, oh, this is how I should talk about it in terms of money, okay? Money and time. It's not a bad route to go. And some managers will take that into consideration, okay? What you really need to talk about is, and, uh, is how your time is being used up. It's a really good idea to have a ticketing system and enter every single thing that you're doing into a ticketing system to keep track of your time. I know it sounds asinine, but here's the thing. I have no more time and you can run a report, right? You can run a report of here's all that I've been doing. There's hours and hours accounted for. I have all my hours accounted for, even though you're not, even though you're salary based, I have all my hours accounted for. This gives metrics to and data to them and going, hey, either we do this or you're going to need to hire another IT person. Ah, now you're looking at salary, another salary versus essentially saving a lot of time. Stop talking about it in terms of ROI. It's a horrible way to do it and they, and they don't have any way of conceptualizing it. They as in executive management. ROI might be it's an outdated word uh, and marketing sometimes does it for every $3 you spend, or excuse me, for every dollar you spend, you should get $3 back or something like that, right? ROI. IT doesn't work like that. It's about time. And the part that you're also forgetting about is not just your time. You need to account for your time. You also need to account for the people's time that you are affecting. It's key performance indicators that we keep track of okay, as an IT company. Uh, and those key performance indicators also talk about, well, if someone can't get a hold of you, right, or can't get support for two days because you're so busy, you're two days behind, what does that mean that that person that was asking for support or all those people that are asking for support, how effective are they? It's not just your time. It's also all the people that you are supporting. So if your management is looking at you as a cost center and not as a way of increasing the productivity and essentially the profitability of the entire company as a whole, have them come talk to me, I'll fight for you. Because they don't understand, I'll show them how it's very, very different and I will not use the words R or uh, the acronym ROI. Love that. Fighting for the IT guy. Love that life. Those are, those are really all the tips and tricks that I had in, had in the bucket. Do you have anything else? Will you want to add in? I was going to say that right before you added in uh, fighting for the IT guy. So, well, so I wanted to talk a little bit about one other aspect that is not talked about and management uh, I think is looking at it or thinking about it wrong. So we go back to the original question or, or the original set of questions like, hey, are you backing up, right? Well, what, what's being backed up? So we asked the question, are you guys backing up your network configuration? Okay, for those of you that, uh, especially if you're in a slightly larger environment or in a multi-state environment, right? Where your company's uh, across multiple states, Networking starts to get very, very complicated very, very quickly, okay? 
The problem is when you have to, when a piece of equipment fails on the networking side, it takes a long time to recreate it from memory usually, and or have all the pieces, gather all the facts that are needed in order to be able to restore you back operationally where you're connected to essentially the rest of the states or wherever you're wherever you're at. And so uh, we asked, are you, are, are you backing up your network configurations? Okay, and what we should have, and usually there's software that does this, and, and you got to pay for that software and you got to have someone that's kind of managing it. Well, so the answer was from essentially from this uh, third party IT company, because we were doing an assessment is yes, we do it. But when we asked, well, okay, so where's the agreement or what's the SLA or anything like that? Nothing. And the reason being is that they said that they were manually, essentially they're manually doing the backups. What they were doing is they were backing up anytime that they would replace the equipment, right? They would, they would do a backup. So the problem is that that's a manual process. What are the chances that something changed, an update, et cetera, changed on the fly, previous, okay, before you actually replace that piece of equipment? So you're, and I can tell you out of experience that because it's a manual process, sometimes doing that manual backup is forgotten about. It is, okay? You have a maintenance window, you have a short maintenance window, gotta do stuff, ah, this, shouldn't, this, should, this should be okay. Go, uh, let's, go uh, let's go just fix this, change this, and we're done. And a typo happens and the whole thing is gone, all right? And now you have 12 hours worth of work in front of you or 20 hours worth of work in front of you in order to get you, get the company back up and running. You know, those Amazon outages and Microsoft outages that happened uh, and Facebook outages that happened like in the past year, guess what? That's exactly what happened. Literally a, a change, an accidental change in a place that it should not have happened and it wiped the configuration or it did something to the configuration so badly that they had to start from scratch. So doing backups of networking uh, equipment can save you really three days of downtime. So, but it wasn't automated. What we were really looking for, this is where a little bit of the technical versus operational truth is, is it done consistently? Is it done automatically? Is it done on a time interval, et cetera? Look, even we're not perfect, okay? When we're asking these questions, we just figured this out recently is the technical versus operational truth. So, what we're really looking for is it's done automatically. Is there a tool that's in place and who's accountable for it, right? Not just, not just that something's happening, but who's accountable for it when it fails, even automation fails. Automation just makes things fail faster or work, or work better faster. One of those two routes, okay? So just an intention aspect, even we had to change our language around that. That's it. Yeah. I, I'm stepping off my. I'm stepping off. I'm stepping off my podium. No, I, I love when we get into uh, the the surprises that obviously people don't need to know the technicality of it. They just need to know that hey, this is a thing that's there. This is something that be you know these are things to think about when uh, asking questions because again, that operational truth is generally what you're looking for. Uh, and if you ask a 
more of a technical question, uh, you're going to get a technical answer for sure. So uh, yeah. I hope this was extraordinarily helpful. We actually have a Forbes article about this. Uh, we'll drop that link in the show notes for you. If you have any other questions, obviously just reach out to us. Uh, show us some love on the show. Give us a follow if you are not following us. And uh, yeah, that, that's all I got today. So until next time, adios. Adios. Thank you for joining us today and listening to this episode. If this episode did help you, then be sure to share it with someone else who needs to hear it. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or looking for additional help on your journey to find more wealth, scale, and freedom in your AEC company, visit our AEC resources page at spotmigration.com backslash AEC hyphen resources. resources.